We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Raptors Nation? Welcome into the Raptors Nation podcast on this Thursday. Joining me, a familiar face, Sean. It's been a while, man. My good buddy, Sean, of course, uh, him and I. I mean, we go back one of the first episodes, uh, the very first episode of the show. Sean and I co-hosted it. So I thought it would be an appropriate time to bring Sean back onto the show because there are a lot of things that I want to just dive into with him. But uh, Sean, how's it going, man? I've been loving the content over at Lakers Nation. You've been killing it, dude. How you been? Been doing really, really good, man. Thanks for having me back on. And yeah, like the whole first year of Raptors Nation was just us two doing pods. So excited to be back on. And yeah, like like we said the last time I was on, I'll be on the show periodically throughout the season for sure. Yeah, definitely going to get Sean in here to weigh in on uh, Raptors storylines as we get closer and closer to the NBA season. Exciting stuff. Cannot wait. But before we get into the t- uh, today's show, if you guys can do us a solid, hit a like on the video if you're watching it here on YouTube. And also subscribe to the channel. Help us hit 1,000 subs on this channel. And if you are listening to this podcast, wherever you go, your podcast, Apple, iTunes, or Spotify, be sure to leave us a five-star review. All right, Sean, let's dive into it. And one of the big topic of discussions right now in Raptorland, the Raptors rotation. So there's this, I guess, if you want to call it debate, or some people think it's going to be Scotty Barnes, who is going to be running the point and Gary Trent Jr. starting. And other people thinking Dennis Schroeder, he solidified his starting role with his performance at the FIBA World Cup. Sean, how do you see the Raptors starting lineup going? Before we get into the bench, I want to get your take on the starting lineup because this is where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. So I was a big advocate of actually going with a big lineup and running Barnes at the point and having Gary Trent Jr. as that shooting guard. And then I think it's safe to say we know for a fact OG, Siakam, Pirtle, locks when it comes to the starting position. And then you bring Dennis Schroeder from off the bench. But, man, after the FIBA World Cup, I caught Schroeder fever. I'm not going to lie. Like, I saw that dude ball out, putting up some nice performances against Team USA, obviously in the gold medal game. 
he looked very, very good. And a lot of the things that he did well, I think he can translate over to the Raptors. And he has a really good connection with Darko Ryakovich. He actually said that was the reason why he left the Lakers and came to Toronto was the fact yeah. that he saw Ryakovich was there and he knew it was going to be more of a leadership role and having a bigger role in helping the young guys here. So I'm actually leaning towards starting Schroeder, in my opinion, having Schroeder, OG, Barnes, Siakam, Pirtle, and then you have Gary Trent Jr. come off the bench as a six-man. Kind of a clunky lineup, not your traditional starting five. Obviously, as you have you know Siakam and Barnes out there, but I do think Schroeder gets the starting job now at point guard, and Gary Trent Jr. is the man that comes from off the bench. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you agree with that or disagree? I think I think that will be the starting five. What I would have the starting five be, it would be the, the Scotty at the one lineup. Because in, in being Scotty, uh, Gary, OG, Pascal, Jakob, because like the biggest concern that is just like uh, the biggest red flag, I think it's right there in everybody's faces. If you go with the Dennis lineup, which has been a problem, especially since the title year. It's just been the shooting. Like It's just unreliable yeah. shooting. It's not like it's great if you go Scotty. It's still like a problem. But like at least you have probably your best shooter on the floor with that starting group. And it allows playmaker Scotty to be able to have as much success as possible, which is where I think I would imagine you can please correct me if I'm wrong. That's where I think a lot of people want to see Scotty at his best this year with the ball in his hands a lot more where he gets to be a decision maker and uh, just an overall yeah, decision maker. That's the right word where he gets to shot, create or play make for others. But to your point about why Dennis came here, I also think they might have threw something on the table. Like, yeah, we'll also probably start you. You'll have to win the job out in air quotes, but like, this is your job to lose. Because I also think as much as he has a good rapport with Darko, and yes, they gave him considerable, well, not considerable, they gave him more money than the Lakers could offer. Uh, yeah, that's about right. And But like, if you're telling me both the Lakers and the Raptors said, hey, here's $11 million, I'm not quite sure he leaves LA. Because I think the best role for Dennis Schroeder, personally, I think Dennis Schroeder's at his best, and we'll talk about Dennis later. But I think Dennis is at his best where he's a backup point guard, where he gets to come in, as a six man, actually, come in, wrecks havoc defensively, is a secondary playmaker defensively, surrounded by shooting, 
And in that starting in the starting lineup, which I agree with you, I think that will be the lineup of him, OG, Scotty, Pascal, Jakob. I think you're not really utilizing anyone well, or particularly the two players are kind of highlighting here in, in Scotty and, and Dennis, where Dennis, I think, surround him with some shooting and like a good pick and roll big. I guess you could say you have that in Jakob, but that starting five doesn't really have the shooting. And I think that's the yeah. biggest problem with it. And then with Scotty, if Scotty has the ball, you're making Dennis an off-ball player. I don't like that idea. You're making like I mean, OG, I think at this point we just he's a average shooter, but you're making Pascal a lot more of an off-ball player, making OG a lot more of an off-ball player, which I think is gonna make him even more upset. Uh so I don't know, man. I think that will be the starting five. Because like I said, I think if if he was just gonna be a six man, he might have just stayed in LA. Honestly, or may or maybe the Lakers really just said, you know, we'll rather have Gabe Vincent. Who knows? But um, yeah, I think there'll be there'll be that lineup. But me personally, I would rather just go with the lineup with Scotty at the point. And you know what? That was my original take, but after kind of seeing what Schroeder did with Team Germany and kind of suspecting what the Raptors may do, like you just said, you won't be surprised if that's what they're gonna roll out with um on day one. I started leaning towards more, okay, the idea of Dennis starting and then you have Gary Trent Jr. from off the bench. Here's the thing, and and let me just backtrack a little bit here. So, yeah, the guaranteed starters are for sure going to be, like I said, OG, Siakam, Perito, and Scotty Barnes will be that equation. I've seen some crazy things out there that, like, people think Barnes is going to be coming from off the bench. I don't think that's happening in in no world. Are the Raptors benching Scotty Barnes, especially since the Raptors have been unwilling to include him in trade packages, as we'll talk a little bit more about that later on. Yeah, Barnes is definitely starting. This is going to be about Dennis Schroeder or Gary Trent Jr. And it definitely is going to be a potential battle at training camp to keep an eye out for if the decision hasn't been made yet behind closed doors. But I agree with you. If you do roll you know, Scotty at the point, he's not a good three point shooter and he's not a good shooter from the field as he did have down years from the field, 45% from the field, 28.1% from three. But then at least you have your best shooter and Gary Trent Jr. out there, because if you do start Dennis, then you're really not going to have shooting with that no. lineup. Unless Dennis does have a true breakout year, because you got to go all the way back with Dennis, uh, Sean to his 2019, 2020 season with the thunder. He had, the best season of his career. He averaged 18.9 points. He was 38.5% from three and 46.9% from the field. Those are like borderline Van Vliet numbers from a season ago. So if that's the Dennis, the Raptors suddenly summon, like the Raptors got themselves a bargain. And I'm very high on Dennis. We'll get to that, like Sean mentioned uh, later on in the show. Unless you're you're getting that Dennis, it, yeah, it's going to be hard to, you know, expect shots to fall if you are going to run that lineup but at the same time if you do run scotty at the point as the primary ball handler you can run into issues of you know again uh, you know spacing um you know the in the pick and roll is he effective off the pick and roll i know darko's a pick and roll specialist but how is he going to look in that role and then the biggest thing to me is just like the quickness with the basketball like that was the biggest breath of fresh air watching dennis schroeder and just envisioning him in a Raptors uniform is like he can get to the basket. And once he like burns past those defenders, he can get his offense inside and then set his teammates up. So seeing that speed, that's something Raptors fans are excited about because he's quick to the punch. So I think the Raptors will roll out Schroeder 
and they'll kind of see how it goes with him, Scotty, OG, Siakam, and Pirtle, and then they'll kind of go from there. But I think this means Gary Trent Jr., or what I should say is, this doesn't mean Gary Trent Jr. is not going to have a big role either way, because if Gary Trent Jr. is the sixth man from off the bench, he's still going to play a boatload of minutes, and he's still going to be expected to come in and inject life into the uh, offense, especially if the Raptors do have some poor shooting nights. So, yeah, I, I think... That is my prediction for the starting five. Um, yeah, Dennis, like you said, uh, OG, Scotty, um, Siakam, and Pirtle, and then Gary Trent Jr. from off the bench. I mean, the Raptors could throw us a curveball, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know if that happened. And you do bring up a good point, Chubb, because you did say, like, Schroeder came here, and there was probably the notion, like, okay, like, you're going to start, especially since you have ties with Darko. Like, Yeah. I, I think... I was going to make the argument that, you know, that lineup with Dennis is also going to be really, really good defensively. But, like, the Raptors are going to be good defensively, almost regardless, unless massive injury happens where OG misses a bunch of games, Scotty misses games, Yaka misses games. This team's going to be good defensively. So I think you could throw, like, just, you know, close your eyes and pick five names out of a hat, and you'll still have a good defense with this Raptors team. Um, this is more, I guess, conversation for Dennis later, but you brought something up about Dennis's, like, driving ability. Darko coming from the under Taylor Jenkins, obviously as a, a master of basketball rapport and regimen, uh, but, but prior to, to coaching under Taylor Jenkins, but Taylor Jenkins is under the biggest basketball coaching tree in the NBA right now. That's the Greg Popovich coaching tree, which in a, in a way he's kind of falls. into like the Mike Boonholzer coaching tree where it leads to like Quinn Snyder, who I think coach for Boonholzer, I'm almost positive in Atlanta. That might sound right. Uh, but Quinn Snyder, uh, Darvin Ham's Lakers coach and Taylor Jenkins and now Darko and kind of being the like other bracket under Taylor Jenkins. But the biggest like thing that all those games have in common is they're all derived off a of driving kick motion. And uh, Dennis, that's why he made a ton of sense for LA last year because the thing that Darvin Ham loved a lot, and which is why even Darvin, you can make an argument, got did a pretty good job for like getting the most out of Russell Westbrook is because the emphasis in this kind of scheme in terms of getting to the rim, because the most, uh, most efficient shot in basketball is, is a rim touch off of any shot off a rim touch or a paint touch, whether it's a driving kick out for a, a, a three, whether it's a foul, whether it's a, a shot at the rim, that's the best shot in basketball. And if you have a point guard and Dennis Schroeder that literally is at his best when he can get downhill and be a secondary playmaker, again, it makes some sense why they would do it offensively. And defensively, I, I they're going to be really, really good regardless, like I said. But I think another thing that comes back to it, kind of put a nice bow on this conversation, I think you just have to give it to Scott. Because I think like unless you're playing – is to go, Dennis, you can start, but, like, Scotty Barnes is running the offense. And, again, I have severe question marks about that because you're making Dennis an off-ball player, which is not where he's good at. Like, it's not where he's most effective at. You're at a point where you kind of have to start figuring out, like, if Scotty Barnes is a dude long-term. Pascal's in the last year of his deal. OG's upset. Gary's in the last year of his deal. Do they re-sign him? Uh, he opted in. Okay, you have to. So, so last year of his deal. Yeah. So yeah, they have not extended him. They have not extended him for another day. So he's set to become an unrestricted free agent as well. Last year of his deal, you got to figure out if Scotty's a dude. Because if Scotty's a dude, okay, buy Pascal. You could damn near say buy Gary. 
and we can really like fully start to build this team around Scotty while he's on the last year or two under his rookie contract before you have to start paying him big money. Or if he's not, okay, cool. Now we can go a different direction, right? And maybe Scotty at worst is a high level, like he's still a good starter, right? But like, is he a dude you can build around? You have to kind of figure that out this year, I think, and see like if the seeds are there in year one under new uh, coaching regime. So that's another reason. I think the biggest player that this will impact is Scotty Barnes. I think that's kind of where I'm getting at. Like, I don't think this impacts Pascal a ton. Damn sure doesn't impact Yakupertle a ton. Uh, I think the biggest like player who might lose some things is Scotty. Gary Gary's role, whether he's starting or off coming off the bench, is gonna be the exact same regardless. It's yeah, make shots and not be terrible defensively. Like it, it's gonna be his role either way. But I think Scotty is the guy that's gonna be impacted the most by this. Yeah, that's a really, really good point uh, as we await the decision of who the Raptors are going to start at point guard. Are they going to go with Schroeder and have Gary Trent Jr. come from off the bench? Or will we, in fact, see point Scotty? I'm interested to see both angles. So, yeah, we'll see how the Raptors play that one out. I do think Scotty Barnes will definitely see the backup, uh, you know, ball handling responsibilities and duties, like in the scenario if Dennis is, in fact, the starter, I can see Scotty having a lot of the backup ball handling uh, responsibilities. And that's going to lead me into the second unit and how I see this thing going down for the Raptors. So, yeah, we'll get into kind of some of the main guys that we expect to see from the second unit. I do think the bench is going to be a lot better than a season ago, Sean. I'm actually pretty high on this bench. I did a video the other day saying that the Raptors bench is going to be solid and it will be much improved. Um, so, yeah, let's just assume Gary Trent Jr. is the sixth man. I think he really will thrive in that role. I think he's going to benefit from having a fresh start with Darko. There was a little bit of the rift there with Nick Nurse. And I can see Gary Trent Jr. just putting together one of his best seasons, especially he hopes to get paid, whether it's with the Raptors or another team in the summer. That remains to be seen. But I think Gary is going to be still motivated if he is, in fact, asked to come from off the bench. I think after that, we're going to see, obviously, a lot of Grady Dick, the Raptors' 13th overall pick. He's a guy who's going to be asked to just hit shots, hit threes, help space the floor. And then Precious Achua, third season with the Raptors. It's going to be a big season for him. Can Achua show progression, get better, um, you know, clean up on the mistakes, have better decisions out there with the basketball and just hit shots. Uh, Chris Boucher, coming off of a down year, hasn't had a really standout year in a few seasons now. He's going to be the veteran of the second unit. I could see him getting rotation minutes for sure. He's going to have to hit that three ball and hit it with consistency. And then a guy who I kind of see rounding out the 10 here, um, I could see it going to Jalen McDaniels. I, I think I'll go Jalen McDaniels, and then we could see some Otto Porter Jr. Because remember, the Raptors do have him. He's and if he still exists. And if healthy, I'm not sleeping on him because if healthy, I know like he's gotten flat because the dude can't stay healthy. But like he was a solid role player with the Warriors when they won their yeah. championship. And he's a three and D guy. He provides shooting what the Raptors desperately needs. He plays defense with the Raptors desperately want. Um, so I could see, yeah, Jalen McDaniels, Otto Porter Jr. is kind of like that 10, 11 man rotation. But then that's kind of stretching it far because i don't think darko is gonna even go to an 11 man rotation but season. those are kind of who i see occupying those like yeah minutes that are left and then after that i have like coloco malachi flynn unfortunately 
Thad Young and Gary Temple as like the guys who are probably going to get Gary like Temple in twenty twenty three is such a name <laughs> as guys who aren't going to receive yeah. a lot if not any playing time and it's unfortunate because I do think the Raptors and Darko will give some reps to Malachi because that's been one of the guys who the Raptors have been high on is kind of taking the reins and being that backup point guard but it just hasn't followed through that's for him this is for like the past four years though this has been that's what <laughs> we, I mean we've so been like, waiting. This, this is it for Malachi. Like, if he is granted some minutes to prove himself and he doesn't come through, like, I think he's done with the Raptors. So, yeah, just to recap, that's kind of like the main guys I see of the second unit. Gary Trent Jr., Grady Dick, Achua, Boucher, and then McDaniel slash, like, Otto yeah. Porter Jr. Um, yeah, any thoughts to that? or? Uh... I'm I'm in agreement with you. Uh, I'm working on a project for my own personal pod, Sports Online Show, if you guys want to go check that out. Uh talking about like the top eight underrated guys heading into next year. One of the guys I have like a, a big board, if you will, I'm working on one at least. And I'm going to kind of narrow it down from that. Precious is one of those guys. I'm like, he, he's, he's on my, he's on my mind. When I think about underrated dudes, he had a down year last year. Part of his due to, due to an injury suffered early in the year that he missed a ton of time for. He only played last season in 55 games. Um, and when he came back, it took about a really long time, like kind of get back to where he was. Cause you know, Luca, we were saying that he was like, he was probably for a breakout last year or like he was, yeah. we, we had, we were the uh, conductors on the pressures of Chua uh, <laughs> bandwagon or fan club or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, he only played 55 games. He was like the best piece in the Kyle Lowry trade. Uh, like the, the piece that, you know, the, the Raptors, supposedly had stolen from the from the heat and in hindsight like the heat they got a finals appearance out of Kyle Lowry but like he wasn't good on that team he was good he was better last year when he made it to the Eastern Conference Finals but uh so I guess kudos to Masai for trading Kyle Lowry at the at the right time um but I, I'm still super high on Precious I think he has insane potential in terms of, like versatility the three-point shot I mean like it's terms like most of the rest of this roster is like a, a big variable for him where like if he could take that next step he shot less threes last year actually no he shot more threes about the same uh in terms of attempts per game he shot 36 percent from three if you round up the 21 22 season i need to see what his catch and shoot data was from that year but i don't know man. like that's the guy i'm like trying to look out for um i think this is a big prove year for precious um last season on catch and shoot looks he shot 28 percent on catch and shoot looks last season he was left he was he had a ton of open looks he's a good rebounder too man he plays with a ton of heart if you go yeah. back to to the pre uh, previous year he shot 37 and a half percent on catch and shoot threes you get that guy back plus the versatility defensively um plus the rebounder plus just like how good he is um really good screener in the uh, 84th percentile in terms of offensive rebounds per 75 possessions, uh, 84th percentile, ironically, as well, in terms of defensive rebounds per 75 possessions, good defender on the perimeter. Team, the 21-22 season, Luca. so they made the playoffs. Uh, opposing players shot 8.9% worse at the rim when pressure the Chuba was the, the rim protector or the guy guarding the rim on that given play. So basically what we're talking about is a bite-sized Brooke Lopez, like a smaller Brooke Lopez. Like he's only what, 6'9", 6'10", right? That's all I see. 6'8". Okay, I'll give him 6'9". I'll be nice. Yeah, uh, I'll give him 6'9". <laughs> but can shoot the three, 
can defend out of the perimeter a little bit, gives you some some versatility, some switching, which I think he can kind of play off of Jakob Perlo really, really nicely, who, unless I'm like completely blanking, Jakob Perlo is definitely more of just a traditional drop coverage big. And I, I think those two guys and playing for Darko can really like just bounce off of each other in a really, really nice way. Both dudes, great rebounders. I mean, Jakob, 95th percentile offensive rebounds per 75 possessions and 89th percentile for defensive rebounds. But another really, really good rim protector. He's a lot better as a drop coverage dude. So you need a matchup where we got to play heavy drop. Okay, Jakob, get a ton of minutes. And then ideally, if Precious can play well, we got to switch a bit more. We got to hedge a little bit more precious or if he's shooting 37 percent on catch and shoot three so you can play them together so that's the guy i'm most intrigued with that second unit i think grady's probably a year away from being like a real contributor but this year he's probably just gonna be a spot up catch and shoot dude like you mentioned luca um chris boucher has to get back to to form like you mentioned as well and i don't think malachi is gonna play a ton me personally I i i think it's just gonna be whichever they're gonna stat if Dennis and Scotty do play together, they're gonna stagger their minutes and to where the point is like Malachi's not gonna play a ton because when one's on the floor, the other one's off, and they're just gonna switch and then they'll end end games and start games together. So I don't know, man. It's gonna be really, really interesting. I am intrigued by this roster though, actually. Now look at it. Yeah, unconventional. We'll see if it works. And uh it's nice to know Sean's still on the precious Achua bandwagon. And uh, it is important to note, I mean, precious still. Very young. Three. How old is he? 24 years old. And he does. He is one of those guys that is expected to elevate his game under, of course, player development coach Darko Ryakovich. So I am looking forward to Precious's development alongside some other young guys on this team, Gary Trent Jr. and Scotty Barnes being the main. So, yeah. What do you guys think about the Raptors rotations? Who do you think is going to start? That's the biggest question at this point. And then who do you see the Raptors rolling from off the bench? And do you see Malachi Flynn getting any minutes to prove himself here or is it done for him? Let us know your thoughts down below as we are going to segue now into something that I thought by now we would have had a solution to or a conclusion to. Yeah. And it's just ongoing. And I don't know about you, Sean, but I'm pretty damn sick of talking about Damian Lillard and the trade sweepstakes because we thought it was a foregone conclusion that he would have been traded to Miami at this point. That has not happened. And then it was very interesting to hear that Mark Spears on NBA Today, maybe it was him just to kind of get the ratings up again, revolving Damian Lillard trade talks, but he did mention that a mystery Eastern Conference team has engaged with these Damian Lillard trade talks. So, of course, every team in the Eastern Conference kind of going down and weighing their options of, hey, do we have a chance to get Dame? And lo and behold, the Raptors were brought up as uh, this was actually reported today. Uh, Matt Moore, NBA writer for the Action Network, said this. The Raptors have shown interest in Damian Lillard. That's mm -hmm. the thing nobody's really saying, but everyone around the league kind of knows the Raptors are amongst the team. So very interesting. This comes out a day after Mark Spears talks about the mystery Eastern Conference team. Sean, do you think this makes sense for the Raptors to go after Lillard because in all likelihood, it would mean giving up Scotty Barnes, who the Raptors were reluctant to obviously give up for Kevin Durant. And I mean, I don't see another way the Raptors would get this deal done. The Raptors do have all their future first outside of the 2024 one, which belongs to San Antonio. 
if it's outside of the top six. So maybe they can work something around that. But yeah, I don't know. Would Portland be interested in that and like OG per se? I don't see it. I think as you know, Scotty needs to be in this deal to get done. Yeah. And uh, we know Masai Ujiri, though, is no stranger for making a surprise move. This kind of has deja vu vibes for Raptors fans because in 2018, out of nowhere, when you least expected it, he traded fan favorite DeMar DeRozan for Kawhi Leonard, which paddled yeah. to a championship. But what do you see with this situation? Does it make sense in your opinion? And do you think this has any chance of happening? Yeah. So uh, first off, to kind of touch on what Mark Spears said, like the mystery team, it wasn't really a mystery team. Because like, if you run through the East really quick, the teams that actually even make sense, Milwaukee doesn't make any sense. They have Drew. They're they're content with Drew. And I, if I'm Portland, I don't want Drew Holiday in a Damian Lillard trade. Uh, Boston makes no sense. Philly has their own situation to handle. Cleveland makes no sense. New York, they're insanely high on Jalen Brunson. So that's yeah. not going to happen. Brooklyn, we already heard about Brooklyn already. That's been a, like the second team, I feel like, the whole time. Uh, Atlanta, they have Trey. Miami, we already know about them. Chicago, no way. Indiana has Halliburton. Washington's rebuilding. Orlando, I think it's good. That's the only other team, maybe. But, like, I don't think they're ready. Charlotte has uh, LaMelo, and Detroit has uh, Kate. Like, none of those teams are trading for Damian Lillard. And also, Charlotte and Detroit aren't ready to compete, so they're not going to do it either. So, I say all that to say, it was always going to be the Raptors as, like, this mystery team, right? And I'm glad that, like you said, I think you said Matt Moore. He said, it's it's the Raptors. Um, will it get done? Well, like you said, if I'm Portland, no chance I'm trading Damian Lillard and not getting Scotty Barnes back. Because, like, our, our guard situation for the future, you trade Dame, is kind of set. Like, it's Scoot Henderson, who I think post-Luka draft, so including the Luka draft, is the third best prospect to come out. Like, it's, like, just prospect. It's Zion, it's Wemby, and it's Scoot Henderson in terms of, like, a college prospect coming out. Yeah. Um, like, he's insane. Anthony Simons... I, I think that I'm kind of done with the whole two, like small two guard thing, but they like Anthony Simons. He is a good player. And then you throw uh, Scotty Barnes in there, whose biggest knock is shooting. You put him around good shooters. Okay. I can kind of get behind that. And I, I bet you kind of feel the same way too, if you're Portland. So no way am I starting a deal off trading my franchise cornerstone, a Mount Rushmore dude for the Portland trailblazers still, and his prime, no way I'm trading for, training him unless for Scotty Barnes. I don't like this for the Raptors, though. Because, let's be real. You trade for Damian Lillard. Cool. You want a second round exit? Like, what Like what? What are we accomplishing here? Like, we want to just be competitive? Like, you're going to be competitive now. Like, like the, So, the, I'm, just, I, I, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. So, you think, because I, I was actually having this conversation with a friend. And, again, like, just throwing it out there. Yeah, I'm not in favor of this. But like, hypothetically speaking, and Masai somehow sure. pulled this off again, you don't think a lineup of Damian Lillard... Um, Everybody fully gonna, healthy, by the way. Yeah, everybody fully healthy, okay. yeah. So you don't think a lineup of Damian Lillard, uh, Gary Trent Jr., OJ Anobi, Pascal Siakam, Yaka Purdom, those some of the bench guys we just named. Well, all the bench guys we just named. Well, obviously, some are going to get traded, but most of those bench guys that we just named won't make noise in the East because I don't okay, know. I think on. that could potentially be an Eastern Conference Finals dark horse sure. if that's the lineup. Dark horse, yeah. But like, am I betting money on that? No. 
And in a seven-game series, if everybody's fully healthy, which obviously it's going to be some, like, knacks and bruises or whatever, right? Obviously. Boston fully healthy. I like Boston more. Yeah, I agree with that. Boston would still be the team to be for sure. Milwaukee is, like, the weirdest team. I just don't know how to feel about them because they all have Adrian Griffin now, actually. So they have a whole new coaching situation that I got to see how they respond to it and things like that. But they have, what, the second or third best player in the planet right now? And Giannis still? And, like, the Raptors just simply don't have it. So in a seven-game series, now, the Raptors, hypothetically, could still have, like, the size to kind of throw at Giannis. And we'll see how good of a defensive mind Darko is. But... In theory, the Raptors could match up all right with with uh, Milwaukee. And I like Cleveland this year a lot. I, I do like Cleveland a ton. So, like, Cleveland and Toronto will be, like, on that second tier of Eastern Conference teams. So like, if they faced off against the Bucks in the second round, uh, Toronto, they could definitely beat Milwaukee in the second round. They could. Yeah. But, like, okay, let, let's even say you get out of the East. All right, let's, let's be super optimistic. I don't think they're beating any of the top West teams. I'll go this far. I don't think anybody not named Boston's beating any of the top West teams. Like the Lakers, Denver. If Phoenix gets Darn. there, it's a wrap. Yeah. And I'm lower on Phoenix. But like if they get out, it's over. Uh, including Boston if Phoenix gets out. Uh, Denver, Lakers, Suns. They could be Golden State. But like, like the, the heavy hitters, like like those three teams, especially in the, in the West, I don't think anybody's beating them. So... I mean, I, I like the aggress. I would like. I appreciate the aggressiveness, but the odds of it paying off and trading away your number four overall pick two years ago, plus future draft compensation, I'm not sure it's worth the risk. Because with the Kawhi thing, I think we knew, or maybe this is revisionist history. I mean, who knows, right? But I think we knew, like, okay, get past Milwaukee and you're good. I think that was kind of sense, right? And obviously, it's like you got you to gotta go through Golden State, too. But it was like, get past Milwaukee and you're fine. That's essentially what they did because what they had Orlando and Philly. But, like, Philly, Philly wasn't, like, the biggest threat until they got Jimmy, I felt. Yeah, but, so, LeBron, but LeBron left the East. So that was the LeBron biggest, the like, East. oh, like, yeah. here we go. Like, this is All our chance. And chips yeah. on. Yeah, so, like, even that, I think it's just different because, and we knew, like, Okay, cool. Kawhi also is another big thing, Luca. Kawhi, we kind of felt was likely going to be a one-year rental unless they won it all. Now with Dame, you pay Damian, you trade for Damian Lillard, right? Let me pull this up right quick. You trade for Damian Lillard. Let's say it works. If it works, I mean, you kind of don't care about anything else because you want a championship. Like, again, being completely optimistic here. But let's say it doesn't work, which I think not to get pessimistic now, the opposite, more likely not to win a title, unfortunately, you are going to pay Damian Lillard, who's already starting to have injury concerns. You're going to pay this man this year, $45 million, which isn't that bad, actually. $48 million next year, right? And then the last two years of his deal, where he's going to almost be untradeable, $58 million, which is going to be almost 38% of the cap. And then he has a player option, it is age 36 season, which he's almost guaranteed to pick up because I, I highly doubt he's going to be at this level of play at age 36 with him already starting to have injury problems. You're going to pay him $63 million. So, like, unless you win a title in the first two years, again, I just don't know if it's, like, all that worth it, Luca, to trade Scotty and do all that. I, I don't know, man. And trade your draft capital, I'm not a fan of it personally. 
No, I, I agree wholeheartedly with what you said. And the thing is, the 2018 situation was a lot different because, yeah, LeBron had left. Raptors felt like they were that one piece away. Just from... lost in the second round to LeBron. Yeah. Exactly. They felt that they were one piece away. Kawhi was younger than they, uh, Damian Lillard. Uh, at the time, he was, you know, he was coming off, obviously, the uh, injury concerns, but he was regarded as, you know, one of the best players, the next man up. And they gave up on DeMar DeRozan after giving him a fair enough shot because we saw so many times from DeMar, right? Ample opportunities to prove himself in the postseason. Came 16, up short. 17, and 18 against the Cavs. Like, uh, th- so it go. was time to, yeah, it was time to end that marriage because he did, uh, the Raptors did give him opportunities and he just proved to be, uh, proved that he wasn't that guy. And still to this day, he's proved that he hasn't been that guy in the postseason. So very, very different situations. And yeah, Sean, I agree with you. The Raptors shouldn't do this because Damian Lillard's 33 years old. You're going to be required to pay him a ton of money. He doesn't even want to be here. He wants to be in Miami. He's got a sight set on that. I forgot about that. He doesn't even want to be in Toronto either. <laughs> he. It's not like you're trading for one of the best players in the NBA today. Like, okay, you can make an argument, Dame, what, like still top 15, but like, is he really going to... Uh, he's like top 12. Top 12? Yeah, he's that's fair. 12. But is he really going to push the needle and be that go-to guy like a Kawhi Leonard was and get you past, you know, yeah, big teams like Boston, like the Bucks? Because I agree. I think, you know, even if they got by Milwaukee, you still got to get by Boston. Yeah, I really like the Celtics. And then I don't, th- yeah, there's like three or four teams in the West that would probably beat them in the finals because in 2018, it was literally just the Warriors. So, yeah. And and here's the other thing. Like, if the Raptors did do this trade and they give up on Scotty Barnes, that's a bad look. Like, you've invested so much in Scotty. Yeah. Like, you have high hopes for him. You didn't want to trade him for Kevin freaking Duran, who's you a lot did the KD trade then. <laughs> than Damian Lillard. Yeah, you should just did the uh, should have just done the KD trade. Um, so for the Raptors to give up on Scotty Barnes, who's just entering year three, he's got so much talent, so much upside. For Damian Lillard and just hoping that works when it can ultimately blow up in their face, it's not worth it. The Raptors gambled once, worked out great, got the championship. No one's complaining, but now it's like, don't try to get greedy again. Don't try to do it again because, yeah, I don't think it, it makes any sense giving up Scotty Barnes for Damian Lillard at this point of Dame's career. He wants to be in Miami, and I still think. He, there's going to be a deal that's done. I think this is all smoke and mirrors just to pump yeah. up the ratings. I think at the end of the day, Damian Lillard will be traded to Miami. And I don't know when it'll happen, maybe right before the season, maybe during the season, but that's still my prediction. I would be absolutely shocked if the Raptors somehow traded for Damian Lillard. I could see why they would be interested and why it makes sense. As Sean ran down the teams, the Raptors are basically pinpointed as that mystery team because – they kind of have that big question mark at point guard and a lot of the other Eastern conference teams are set there. So, um, but yeah, I, I, it just doesn't make sense at, at this stage. So I agree with you. I think it's a hard pass from the Raptors. I I also think, I, I think this is still, like you said, going to end up a Dame in Miami. So I think the Toronto thing and the news recently, because another report came out like a day or two ago, at the time it was uh, being released at least being that, Oh, hey, Portland wants to get everything out of Miami. Where like they like search, I think as graphic and like detailed as they want to search every crook and crevice or whatever to yeah make sure that like you know what I mean like. And then this to come out, I think this is just Portland trying to like, in air quotes, apply pressure to Miami to get a deal done. 
I think Pat Riley is going to call their bluff. Like, no, like Toronto's not doing anything. Uh, we're your best shot. I, 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 I've always kept my eye out for for like a Brooklyn who has the compensation for both Kyrie and Kevin Durant trades. Yeah, uh, and James Harden trade even. Uh, no, I think I think the compensation the guy's probably gone now. I think, but like they have like draft compensation. They have some interesting talent. It, their, their talent is definitely better than what Miami could probably give you. Their picks is probably better, but uh, their picks are definitely better. I don't know about the talent part, um, but um, yeah, Brooklyn's really been the other team I've kind of kept my eye out for. Um, if you want to go west, and I for as a Laker fan, I just pray that like he doesn't go and stay in the west. Like send him east for 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 my hopes. Uh, Utah uh, kind of makes a little bit of sense. Yeah, they're interesting, Matt. Um, they're, they would be in a really bad position though, in my opinion, to where like, I, I wouldn't do it, but that's the team in the West where I'm like, maybe cause they have the picks, they have young talent, but like you put Dame on Utah, that's the first round exit. So like you're, yeah, you're I agree. they're not winning anything. So if I'm, if I'm Utah, I just want to do it. So I don't know, man, I think this is all, like you said, smoke and mirrors. I think it's going to end up with Damian Lillard on Miami. We have what? 18 days. Uh, like Lakers preseason at least, but like maybe like two weeks until preseason starts and like media day, training camp, stuff like that. I expect something to happen in the next week, week and a half or so. Yeah, and that's where he would be put in the best position to win a title. I think we can agree in Miami. I, I know you, still, you would still have Boston, but I don't know, man. Like Dame on Miami and you got still Butler, Bam. Like that's a pretty compelling team in the East. Miami. It, it, it would be Boston and Miami. And Miami. In the Eastern Conference Finals, in all likelihood, <laughs> for like the third straight, no, thir- three out of what four years? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, no, four out of five. Yeah, the bubble year, again? yeah, bubble year off, and then, uh, yeah, Boston, Miami, Boston, Miami, and then Boston. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, I think the East will probably. If Dame goes to Miami, which I think he still will, it'll be. I'm gonna go Miami. I think Miami's the favorite in the East. Miami, Boston, yeah, Milwaukee. I think I have, so. I have a lot of questions about the Milwaukee team. I'm only putting them three because they have Giannis. And the biggest question mark with the Celtics is Przingis. Like we know, plantar fasciitis. He's fasciators. already hurt, right? It, yeah. it lingers, and that's serious. So yeah. But uh, okay, we are going to wrap up today's show. This has been a fun one. Just got to throw that out there. With Dennis Schroeder expectations, I know we touched on it a little bit in the opening part of the show, but I had to pick Sean's brain a little bit more. I mean, he is a Lakers fan, does so much great stuff for Lakers Nation, and he followed Dennis Schroeder very closely last season, as Dennis actually was a nice piece for the Lakers en route to their Western Conference Finals appearance against the Nuggets. Okay, Sean, so obviously I've been hyping up Dennis Schroeder on this channel. I've officially joined the hype train, and uh, I really think Dennis Schroeder is going to have a big season with the Raptors. I think the increased role is going to result in Dennis Schroeder having a breakout year one of my, I guess, is it a hot take or not? But one of my takes before the season is, yeah, Dennis Schroeder will be a breakout player for the Raptors. And the Raptors' decision of letting Fred Van Vliet walk and replacing them with their plan B of Schroeder will look genius. Sean, shall we pump the brakes here? What are the realistic expectations from your viewpoint on Dennis Schroeder with this Raptors team, all things considered? Uh, Well, first off, when... The options are pay Fred Van Vliet $43 million or pay Dennis Schroeder $13 million for the same amount of length. Like, it's only a two-year deal for Dennis, right? 
Yeah, two years, yeah. twenty six million. Yeah, so like if those are your options. The Raptors made the correct option and they made the correct choice. With Dennis, man, I think Dennis. Dennis is a guy that seven out of ten nights you're gonna really, really like having on your team. Because like I said, he he does a lot of really good things, man. He puts a ton of pressure on the ball. Uh, one of the more underrated guard defenders in the league because of how he navigates screens. He can pick up 94 feet and apply some four-court pressure if he needs to, like in a pinch. Uh, competitor, I, I, I think is a, another good way to say. Defensively, we got to be able to compete. Um, and then, like I said, solid playmaker. Like I said, can really get to the rim, good mid-range shooter. He'll make plays for you, right? He he was awesome a ton of times in the fourth quarter for us last year. Yeah. Three out of ten games, you're going to be like, what the hell's going on? Like, like what, 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 what am I watching here? Start Malachi Flynn. All right, that, that might be a little bit too far. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I think Dennis is, like I, like I said earlier, honestly, like, man, like if Dennis Schroeder is my backup point guard, kind of like Tyus Jones, I feel perfect about them, right? I think Dennis Schroeder as a backup is like a top five backup point guard. Like I, I, Tyus Jones is the backup, so it'll be like Tyus Jones, Gabe Benz will be one of those guys. Dennis Schroeder, uh, off the top of my head, uh, Derek White was the backup last year, so Derek White's in there. Well, there's a few other guys I'm just blanking on right now, but like Dennis Schroeder's in that kind of crop. If I'm starting Dennis Schroeder, like we talked about earlier. Dennis Schroeder is a bottom five starter in the league. It's bottom st- uh, five starting point guard. So, and I just think you can expose Dennis Schroeder a little bit more if he's a starter, which is why the year, like recently, like his year as a Laker as a starter in 2020, he was fine. But like, it's yeah. no coincidence he was a lot better this year, and he's been a lot better where he's been a six man. Like he brought that oh, those years in OKC. Yeah, he was at his best because he was coming off the bench and he was playing with a really really good team a great talent but like i think dennis's role is as a bench player um if he's gonna start he, he just has to be a better shooter and i just don't know if we're gonna get that anymore from dennis but all in all man he is a good basketball player and, and don't let any laker fan that hates dennis tell you otherwise he is a good nba basketball player uh not great not bad nothing but he, he's just good um and I like him a lot more, a little bit more, depending on how you're using him. But um, yeah, I like Dennis. And after the way he played in in FIBA, yeah, they're, they're, you have good reason to feel really, really good about him. And I'm excited to see him in Toronto. Like, truthfully, I'm really, really am excited to see him in Toronto this year. What about defensively? I know there's some people that knock him, um, you know, on that end. And uh, I, like, I, I, I still think he did a solid job in the playoffs for you guys, particularly, you know, being tasked with guarding at times, John Moran, Stephen Curry. And then we saw his defensive sure. efforts at FIBA. Where would you, where do you kind of, yeah, rank Dennis as a defender? Do you think he's better than what people think on that end? If you're knocking him, I think he's like, if you think he's a bad defender, I would tell you, you're just lying to yourself. He's not, he, look, the problem with the, with Dennis last year defensively was, or like if you want to bring up the, the the playoffs, like this is the thing that like really drives me crazy. Like people say, "Oh, he's a bad defender because he got cooked by Stephen Curry." What? Or like you know, what I mean, like Stephen Curry is like the second or third best player on the planet right now. So, and in terms of offensive talent, Steph's 
like a top 10 to 15 greatest offensive player ever. And I might be selling them short there. So like, yeah, you're going to get cooked by stuff. And I think the problem with Dennis defensively is like, if you have like a super big or super physical guard, you can kind of get to Dennis a little bit. So like, that's why Jamal's not the biggest dude, but like, that's why Jamal Murray kind of gave him some trouble in the playoffs. Cause Jamal, he plays a more physical kind of game where he'll, he will post you up a little bit. He will, get to the rim and use a ton of ball screens and things like that. Where Steph, he's kind of going to be more off ball. That's also a weakness of Dennis. I don't love Dennis as like an off ball defender, but like Ja, go ahead. Like Dennis has to, he has the speed, like not Ja Morant speed, but Dennis has the speed to keep up with them. Yeah. Uh, and, and things of that nature. But like the bigger physical guards, maybe could give them a, a bit of a trouble, uh, a, bit, uh, a bit of a problem. Cause Dennis, He's 6'1", but he's kind of like a smaller in frame 6'1", where I think he could kind of like use some size against them. Um, and I think off the ball, he leaves a ton to be desired. But I think he's a good on-ball defender, a really, really good screen navigator, a really, really good one-on-one defender who has good hands and like good instincts defensively. Um, last season, he ranked in the... Uh, crap, 66 percentile in terms of steals per 75 possessions last season. Um, so I think he has good hands, solid instincts as an on ball defender. I have problems with him as a chaser or anything off the ball. Um, even then, he's like fine as a chaser. So, like, I think he's a good defender. Like I said, I think he's kind of underrated in that regard where you don't talk about him like you do Derek White or whatever, but Derek's better, obviously, as a defender, right? But I, I think Dennis is good. I think Dennis is provides good value to uh, the defense side of the ball for sure. And what about his leadership? Because I think that's going to be a critical component here in Toronto, obviously a much different situation than the one he found himself in the, uh, with the Lakers. You have LeBron, AD with Toronto. We saw that there wasn't really like that definitive, like voice out there. Team looked lost at times last season and they looked defeated many, many times. Can Schroeder, uplift this team and and be that positive voice and take on that leadership role because if we saw him do that with team germany as they won gold and i I saw a lot of things that Schroeder can then translate with this raptors team that again they have a lot of young pieces they still kind of are trying to find out their direction out there so can Schroeder step up and be that leader with this team yeah, I think when Dennis locks into his role, I think he he's a really, really good locker room guy. And I think he could be a positive influence on like Scotty, like Gary. Um, he does a really, really good job. One of the things that you notice a ton, I think you will find notice a ton this year, Luca, is that like team huddles, um, free throws and stuff, he does a really, really good job of kind of you know getting that stuff organized. Um, yeah, I, I think this was a great signing for you guys, honestly. Like like we talked about when it happened to replace Fred Van Vliet at the dollar amount you were able to get him at makes a ton of sense. Not and like I said, I man, I'm really, really excited to see Dennis play for the Raptors. Uh who's the first game? Who's the Raptors' first game this year? Uh Minnesota. <laughs> but like Mike Conley, great matchup for Dennis. Eh? Yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> so like I, I yeah. Uh that's actually be a fun game. OG, OG probably has to get Ant. Oh, do throw Scotty on Ant? See, yeah, that's a really good matchup for the Raptors. Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, Pascal's quick enough on the perimeter to handle Cat. Yakuba. That's gonna be a fun game. I'm gonna be a good matchup. That. It'll be yeah. fun. 
the Raptors only have like what two national TV games this year. Some yeah, the dis- like the that. disrespect is real, man. I mean, a lot of media pundits don't think this team is gonna do well. I mean, I'm not super high on them. I still think when it's all said and done, the Raptors will be battling for a playing spot. Play-in? But I also okay. do see a world. I do see a world where the Raptors exceed expectations. That's what makes this season so interesting because it could go either very poorly or very promising. And yeah, like I said, I do see a world where the Raptors turn heads and they actually get a top six spot. So, I mean, you know, well, we've been talking for almost an hour here. It's great to uh, have you back on the show, obviously, Sean. So I'm going to get you out of here on this. Where do you see the Raptors finishing in the Eastern Conference? Uh... Let's see, Milwaukee, Boston, Cleveland, Miami are probably my locks. And then New York. New York has a good team, even though I think they're like a first-round exit. I don't know, Mel. I don't want to put too much hope into New York. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, New York, they're just super flaky. Um, I think play-in's a good spot because, like, I like Atlanta a little bit more than I did last year. Not not by a ton. Like, I think Trey's underrated. And I think if you follow me on Twitter, at Sean underscore D-A-B-I, um, then you'll see that I think Trey's super underrated. I like them a little bit more this year. Chicago has to compete because like, they, they, they just can't like try to suck because the, of the talent they have. Uh, I love Indiana this year. I I love Indiana. That team's gonna be good. Um, I think they'll be. I'm, I'm with you. Batting for a play on like between eight to ten, probably. I, I like Brooklyn still. I just the Brooklyn will be good enough to win like forty plus games, but like still be like borderline playing team if at best sixty. So I'll say playing team. Oh no, though I like Detroit a ton. This you you were high on Detroit last year, right? Was that I you was know? high on them last year. The team I'm really high on this year is Orlando. I think that oh, I is love a Orlando. Team. I really like Orlando, man. Because when you oh, talk man. about like stars, like they they got Paolo and Franz Wagner. Like those are one A one B type players. Hold on, let me see. Ah oh, man, I think about it. I had a power ranking, so hold on, let me see. That that'll tell you how where would I grade out the Raptors at? Hold on, let me pull this up. But the only team I feel for sure, like definitively, no chance this team is worse than uh, the Raptors are worse than them is the Hornets. It's the only team where, like, there is no chance the Raptors are worse. Uh, the Raptors ranked for me uh, coming into the year. They were behind. Uh, I forgot Washington, too. They'll be better than Washington. Yeah, for sure. Washington yeah, I think, 15. I think you have them 10th or. Washington 15, Charlotte 14. Ooh, oh uh, no, Detroit was 13. Yeah, I, I, in terms of how they graded out my power rankings, the Raptors were 12th in the in the East. But they're like r- literally in the same tier right behind like the Bulls, Magic, and then the Nets are not that far away either. So like... There, there's a lot of variation in terms of how this East can go. Like I said, the only two teams I feel like really confident about are the Hornets and the Wizards, and that's them being bad. Yeah, yeah. And I, I did have the Raptors in that tier when I did the original where they stack, even on my own channel, um, yeah. like you just mentioned. But I do see a scenario where they actually could potentially sneak into that top six only if we see teams, and this is possible because you can't trust these teams, in my opinion, Hawks, 
Knicks take a step back, which Nets is plausible, okay? Like, there's no way you're trusting the Knicks or even the Hawks. Those are two such random teams. So if those two teams have down years, uh, yeah, maybe the Raptors could, you know, pretend. Oh, and I, and I do, I do not think Brooklyn is going to be a, a, a six team. So like, if Brooklyn, no. Knicks, Hawks have down years, that's going to open up some some spots for some new teams to take. So yeah, I agree. But that is going to conclude this show, man. This was a great one. Sean, as always, thank you so much for hopping on the pod. We had a blast. Tell the people where they can find you. It's on the screen, but tell yourself out. <laughs> yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter or X now, I suppose, at Sean underscore D-A-V-I. It's on the screen. Uh, like I said earlier, you guys can check out my personal podcast, Sports Headline Show, on YouTube, uh, Sports Headlines Podcast. On YouTube, Spotify, uh, the podcasting platforms or whatever, break down like the NFL, NFL seasons in full swing. Luca, who's your team actually? I don't know this. I'm a Ravens fan, so I'm 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 yeah, I'm in a good uh, spot right now too. No. Yeah, yeah. We're I I almost made my Twitter bio firing my head coach the other day. So that's <laughs> nice. two. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, that sucks. But yeah, go check us out. Um, and then like I guess I'll have some fun NBA content on the way. I gotta do like some 2K stuff this year. I'm gonna try to. Um, but yeah, uh Luca, my man, thank you for having me on, man. I can't wait to to hop on here next time as well. This is really, really fun. Yeah, and like I said, guys, Sean's not going anywhere. Definitely gonna have him back on the pod throughout the season at uh, different times, and uh I'll definitely have him back on when the Raptors take on the Lakers. That'll be a lot of fun to poke fun at each other. And we'll see if Dennis Schroeder has a revenge game. I'm looking for Dennis Schroeder revenge game. Dennis Schroeder revenge game against the Lakers. We'll see if it goes down. But guys, hit a like and subscribe on your way out. And again, please leave us a star a five star review anywhere you get your podcast, Apple iTunes or Spotify. That is it for me. This is Luca and Sean signing off. Until next time, stay safe.